it feels like they're kind of in wait mode until until they see and decide what's going to happen with Bill Belichick. You know, what general manager is going to come in there? You know, what coach is going to come in there? What players are they specifically looking for if we get a new regime? Or if Belichick stays, what what Belichick wants to do to fix this thing? But at the end of the day, if you are waiting, you're hurting yourself because you're going to give other teams an opportunity to get in here and make pitches to some of your players. You know, once you hit free agency, man, these these guys are going to they're going to look out for themselves as they should and getting the best contract possible. And unfortunately for New England, they might not be the ones offering up that best contract. Welcome into the show. It's the Patriots Wire podcast. Ryan O'Leary here playing host, joined as always by my good friend, Jordy McElroy. Jordy does some great work as the managing editor of USA Today's Patriots Wire. I'm sure you've checked that site out and found us there. But if you haven't, uh, definitely check the site out. The pod is available on whatever platform you like best. So if you could spare a couple minutes, rate, review, and subscribe. If you haven't already, we appreciate your support. Tell a friend or family member if you like it. We'll be uh, continuing to break down things throughout the offseason. Free agency, draft, all that. We don't go away in the offseason. We hope you stick with us. Uh, Jordy, happy new year to you, my friend. How you doing? Happy new year, my man. Ron, I went from sipping on champagne on Monday to sipping on coffee right now. I'm <laughs> getting ready to talk about some Patriots football. I'm doing great. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. And uh, uh, yeah, same, you know, sipping on the coffee. My two-year-old uh, was sick and slept in my bed last night. So I, I didn't get any sleep, Jordy. No sleep. So I'm extra ornery this morning. And I just woke up and I, I, I need a Belichick breather. You know, I, it's easily <laughs> the biggest story surrounding the Patriots during week 18. It's the future of Belichick is, is this his last game? I get it. Uh, but I just need a breather. We've been doing it for weeks. They're pounding it on sports radio. I just think we all need a breather from Belichick. So we're going to put a pin in that one, if that if that's cool with you. And hopefully that's cool with the listener. I wanted to instead focus this week on an interesting article that Cam Garrity posted on the website, Patriots Wire. He was kind of predicting and projecting the team's pending free agents. And I thought it would be fun to like pull out some of the big names because there are a lot of them. And then play a little game of will they stay or will they go uh, here in the first segment. You you down for that? Just take a little Belichick breather and talk about some big stuff that's coming up here in the in the coming weeks. Of course, I'm down for that, man. I mean, look, Bill Belichick. He's obviously the Messiah. He's the architect of the greatest dynasty in history. But at the same time, the players on the field kind of matter as well. So yeah, let's change things up a little bit and let's talk about some of these free agents. Like you said, there's a ton of them coming up in the off season. Yeah, and maybe we'll share a few thoughts on the Bills game, too, coming up. We'll talk about the Jets game. We'll talk about the draft implications, all that coming up next. But uh, before we start getting into some of these these guys, the free agents, Jordy, just a quick question to kick us off. Are the Patriots, they're kicking the can down the road with the coach GM decision, right? Like, we're not sure what Belichick's going, what's going to happen with Belichick. That meeting's going to happen after the season, as it's, as has been reported. It hasn't happened yet. If you do move on from Belichick, you need to restructure the front office, right? So do you think they're hurting themselves with their own free agents by kicking the can down the road here? Or do you think this is just part of their plan, right? Like, I wonder, I look at a guy like, we could start with Mike Onwenu, right? Easily one of your top players on offense, probably your most consistent player outside of Ezekiel Elliott and David Andrews on offense. I don't know if you would argue with that. I think he... he Arguably is your top priority. 
He is playing out a four-year, $3.5 million rookie contract. He's not making any money. And also, he's kicking out the tackle. He's playing tackle. He's by far outperformed that rookie contract. You would think the Patriots have to extend him, have to lock him up. Cam Garrity is predicting on Patriots Wire they'll do just that. But they've waited. <laughs> they've waited till the end of the season. And if he gets to free agency, then you could have an issue on their hand. Now, maybe Unwenu is still their top priority, Jordy, and they'll go and, and make that deal happen here. And I would applaud it. I think that's, given the state of the offensive line, I would love for them to sign on Wenu and go attack tackle in the draft and free agency, right? But uh, kicking the can down the road with this Belichick decision, do you think that's hurting them at all with their own free agents, or do they have some sort of plan behind the scenes? What's your gut tell you? I actually think that's a great question, Ron, and it's kind of made me reflect and think about think about kind of how, how things have been handled this season. You would think that a player like Mike Unwenu, who – you just described as being able to be a swing tackle, you know, naturally a guard guy, but he can do multiple things. A very versatile playmaker for the Patriots who has far outplayed his rookie deal. You know, you would think a guy like that would have already been re-signed for the Patriots because you don't want a guy like that getting to free agency where some of these other teams are able to talk to him and, and maybe throw some other contracts in his face and, you know, maybe lure him away from New England. But, Ryan, they are sort of hurting themselves doing this and it does feel like the team is just it feels like they're kind of in wait mode until until they see and decide what's going to happen with Bill Belichick you know what general manager is going to come in there you know what coach is going to come in there what players are they specifically looking for if we get a new regime or if Belichick stays what what Belichick wants to do to fix this thing but the end of the day, if you are waiting, you're hurting yourself because you're going to give other teams an opportunity to get in here and make pitches to some of your players. You know, once you hit free agency, man, these these guys are going to they're going to look out for themselves as they should and getting the best contract possible. And unfortunately for New England, they might not be the ones offering up that best contract. In the case of Onwenu, like if he hits free agency and he's talking to other to other teams, and and again, I don't know if the Patriots will let that happen. We'll we'll find out. But if he's, I mean, he's going to be one of the top guards available. And you just mentioned he can kick out. He could be a swing tackle. That might fetch him more money. You know what I mean? So uh, it's it's an interesting situation. I think on Wenu, if we're playing the game, should he stay or should he go? I think he should stay. I think he should be a pro, uh, number one priority for the Patriots in terms of their own guys is getting him back. Do you agree with that, Jordy, real quick? Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think, I think the Patriots are going to are going to try to keep him keep him on that roster as they as they sh- they should. I mean, he's a great player, very important to that offensive line, which has struggled this season, Ryan. You you don't want to play around with that thing. We keep talking about going out and, and getting a quarterback. You don't want to get a quarterback and not have a guy like Mike Unwinu up front protecting him. Yep, agreed 100%. Cam agreed as well on Patriots Wire. We all want on Wenu back. It would be uh, a blunder, I think, if, if they let him get away because now you're – not only addressing tackle, but you're addressing guard uh, in the offseason, and, and you just let one of your own homegrown talents get away. I, I can't see it happening. Trent Brown, though, Jordy is another name, I think is uh, trending a, a very – we all kind of know where this is. This one's trending, right? Healthy scratch versus the Bills. <laughs> Mike Giardi of Boston Sports Journal reported that he's rubbing teammates the wrong way because he's not coming back. He's he's basically healthy, but you know, sitting out under the guise of an injury – this whole experiment where, oh, look, Trent Brown was kind of an a-hole with the Raiders, but when he comes back to the Patriots, we can get him back on the you know, on the up and narrow, right? We can get him to play his best football. 
it feels like that experiment's coming to an end. The Trent Brown experience, the experiment. Belichick, I think he had a great comment where he was asked about Trent Brown being inactive, and he basically said, we activated the guys that wanted to play or something like that. <laughs> so uh, that was interesting. I think, will he stay or will he go? My gut tells me Trent Brown, oh, he's gone. Oh, definitely. Man, Trent Brown, he just, I don't know, Ryan. He just, he kind of has this something about him that just, seems to rub people the wrong way. You know, there was that report about Gerard Mayo rubbing people the wrong way. No, Trent mm-hmm. Brown is the one that typically rubs people the wrong way. And there's usually like an effort question there always. And it's it's just weird, man, especially when a contract is is in play. It's just – you, you kind of you turn on the tape there and you, you kind of look at the guy and you're like, man, it's, it doesn't look like he's giving 100% effort. And there, and, and there have been plays like that this season. But for me personally, I always – always think like, you know, Trent Brown's been banged up this season. He had a good – he was great earlier in the year, and then, you know, injuries started to kind of happen. He started to slow down a little bit, and you kind of wonder, is that kind of hampering what he's able to do right now in the football field? I always love to give guys the benefit of the doubt, but, man, Trent Brown has a long history of this, and the Patriots need to move on, and it seems like Trent Brown's ready to move on as well. Yeah, you learn a lot about guys when a season is long over, and this Patriot, the Patriots were – one of the first teams eliminated from the playoffs, right? It was the Panthers and the Patriots. Uh, but you, you see, you learn a lot about guys on how they play when it's over and you have weeks left in the season and you're playing kind of quote unquote meaningless football, but you're still being asked to go out there and do your job and not just play for your future contract to try to keep yourself healthy. So you learn something, you, you watch a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, how he's competing and Trent Brown and it's apples and oranges. Yeah, I, I think Trent Brown, that experiment's over. He's going to go. I won't miss him. Uh, we'll get to Zeke. Actually, let's do that right now. Zeke, I think, is an interesting uh, guy, right? He he comes here on a one-year deal, Jordy. He's been a pro since day one. Probably the teams, again, I, I mentioned him with Onwenu and David Andrews. I think he's been one of your most consistent players. Really stepped up when Ramadre Stevenson went down. Cam Garrity thinks the Patriots should go bring Zeke back. Zeke, I love the guy. I love him. He would not be a big priority for me, though. For me... We already have Ramondre Stevenson. He, they're similar players. My priority would be getting more of a third down back cut from the James White cloth. I think that's been missing from the offense. I think Billy O'Brien needs that in his offense. And as much as I love Zeke, I think he's been a pro. I think it. W- I want to see the Patriots bring in a third down back and pair that guy with Ramondre Stevenson and see what it looks like. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't hate if they bring back Zeke because I, I think he's been great this year. And again, a consummate pro. He just wouldn't be a huge priority for me. I would probably wait on Zeke and see what the market is there. If you can bring him back on another really team-friendly deal, fine. But I want a third down back. That's been missing. The Patriots don't have one. They've tried to draft him and appear strong. He would. He felt like he was drafted to take on that role, and then they just let him go to get away, right? So I'm a little bit less on Zeke as a priority. I want that third down back, but what do you think about Zeke? Actually, I'm going to agree with you, Ron. Um, it's... Ezekiel Elliott, he's been great. Zeke still has juice in his veteran legs. You know, he's still a, he's still a playmaker, and he can still do things as a as a runner or as a receiver. He can do both. So, you know, losing him, you know, it's almost like a luxury, right? You you want to have the guy on the team, but do you necessarily need the guy? I don't think mm-hmm. so. And I'll tell you something else to really think about. Kevin Harris has stepped up big 
in the last few games. And he's going on some angry runs, and, and he's able to possibly do some multiple things with the Patriots there on offense. So I would not mind seeing Ramondre Stevenson there and possibly Kevin Harris being able to step up as that number two option behind him. You know, he, he he's, not he's not as good as Zeke, obviously, but, you know, it's how far of a step back is he? And, you know, how good can he be next year, his third year in the league? Would be interesting to see, and I agree with you as well. Go out, maybe find that third down back that you can kind of maybe slot in there as the the number three option there. But I'd like to see Kevin Harris get that step up and see the Patriots save a little money and and use it elsewhere that's needed on the roster. Yeah, I like you bringing up Kevin Harris. I I love Zeke. I think he. My gut tells me he goes this off season. It wouldn't surprise me. Been a good year with him though. He, it was fun having him on the team. He's a good. He's a good player. Good competitor. I like Zeke. Um, another guy, interesting name, Hunter Henry. It's another player, Jordy, where I'm surprised they haven't addressed him yet. He's been one of your most consistent, one of your best players, especially on offense. Uh, but I don't know what the plan is here. Maybe they're going to try to address tight end in the draft. There's some decent names. You know, the the kid from Georgia is a big name. You mean maybe they do they draft Marvin Harrison? Did they draft the kid from Georgia, tight end Bowers? I don't know. But Mike Gesicki. Hasn't really panned out. Henry's your best all-around tight end by far. Maybe your best, arguably your best receiver, (laughs) you know, overall. It's him and Pop Douglas, right? Won't be cheap at all, especially if he hits free agency now that we've waited. But uh, unless you're drafting a tight end in the first round, second round, Jordy, you got to bring back Hunter Henry, right? I I think he would be a priority for me. I I would hope he stays. Yeah, I completely agree. First year team captain, you know, he's he's a guy that's not only helped on the football field, but also a, a locker room guy. And he's kind of emerged as a leader for that football team. And, you know, we keep talking about the younger quarterback and, and you know, drafting the guy and stuff. You, you want you want some of those veteran guys there that can kind of that can kind of lead the way into the future. And Hunter Henry's one of those guys. You know, it's it's just he's obviously a reliable been a reliable pass catcher there for Bailey Zappi. Very important for him and for Mac Jones as well in games this season. And you kind of look at you kind of look at the landscape for the Patriots at tight end. It's one of their scarier, more shaky positions in 2024 and beyond because all of those guys are pending free agents. You know, Hunter Henry, Pharaoh Brown, Mike Gesicki, all of those guys could be gone next season. I would like to see Pharaoh Brown come back as well. I mean, we might get to that later, but you know, Hunter Henry and Pharaoh Brown, the two tight ends. I would like to see both of those guys back in that offense, and then I would like to see the Patriots actually draft a tight end. Now, the Brock Bauer situation is a, is, is a different question altogether. We're talking about a guy that should go high in the first round. You know, Brock Bowers is a special talent, and he could be someone the Patriots go after if they don't get their quarterback, but. You know, considering their draft spot, hopefully the Patriots will be in the market for a quarterback. Or if by some miracle Brock Bowers happened to slip, which I don't see happening, maybe you get him then. But I completely agree with you. Hunter Henry needs to be a Patriot in 2024. All right. One of the most interesting guys on this list, Jordy Kyle Duggar. Uh, Very good Patriot. The Patriots are not, I wouldn't call safety a huge need for them, but they got to make a decision on Duggar. They got to make a decision on uh, Jalen Mills, who's kind of a that safety and corner hybrid. I know he doesn't play the same position as Duggar, but uh, you know Duggar is a, a good Patriot. He's a Belichick guy. It feels like there are bigger needs out there. I, I'm not sure if Duggar's impact is irreplaceable. I guess I'm saying, uh, 
and he, he does feel like a player that could get overpaid on the market, right? Duggar, if you let him go test free agency, I, I feel like teams might throw some money at him that the Patriots aren't willing to match. But he's a, a really interesting player, right? Kyle Duggar, what's your what's your take on him? Should he stay or should he go? My take is, Ryan, I'm completely shocked. We're, we're just kind of, it feels like we're in lockstep with one another here for some strange reason when it comes to who should stay and who should go. Great minds, great Kyle, minds. Yeah, exactly, man. Because, you know, Kyle Duggar is a guy, I completely agree with you. I think he probably will get overpaid on the market. You know, I hope he doesn't. I would love to see Kyle Duggar stay in New England. But at the same time, I don't want to see the Patriots overpay for Kyle Duggar. You know, safety's been a strong spot for that team, and they have some other guys that I feel like they would be able to turn to contractually and be able to fill that role at a cheaper price than him. But obviously, if you're able to keep him at a price that makes sense, and you would you would want to keep a guy like Kyle Duggar back there, but it's just not a position of extreme need for the Patriots. I want to see them turn more of that focus over to the offensive side of the ball. Go get a freaking T. Higgins or something like that. You know, don't overspend on Duggar, even though we love him in New England. He's played well. He's been great. I'm sure he'll, he's going to make a lot of money in the offseason, but it doesn't necessarily need to be with New England. Yep, I'm with you. And another guy cut from a similar cloth. I know he plays less snaps, but it feels like he's a goner. Josh Uche. Uh, he was a big name at the deadline, Jordy. We thought maybe they'd move on from him. They obviously didn't. But it just feels to me there are other schemes out there where Uche could find the field more. He could maybe get a better opportunity. He just he never plays half the snaps with this Patriots scheme, right? He's not an edge setter. He's a situational pass rusher for Belichick. Um, he's had some success in that role, but there are other schemes out there, right? Like he could, a change of scenery could work wonders for Uche. I could really see him blossoming and maybe dominating in a different scheme where he's allowed to be on the field more and just rush the passer uh, and not have a, maybe some of the other responsibilities that Belichick needs uh, for him to be out on the field more. So Uche feels like he's going to go. Uh, it, it just, I, and I felt that way for a while. We, I think we both felt that way at the trade deadline, but have you changed your mind? Do you think the Patriots bring this player back or do you think he's, he's a goner? No, I haven't changed my mind on Uche. And he's an incredible playmaker when he's able to do what he's good at doing. You know, he's not an every-down guy. That's just not his skill set. And like you said, he would be better off in a different system. And I expect I expect another team out there to potentially reach out to him and, you know, maybe offer him a little bit more than the Patriots are willing to offer him to bring him back um, to New England. But then again, you got to wonder what the regime in New England is going to look like, Ryan. I mean – Who's the coaching? Who, who's the coaching staff? You know, will things change in New England? Could a new regime come in and maybe, maybe they kind of put things into place and they look at Uche and they value him, you know, more than Belichick would have in his current system right now. But if things are as they are in New England, you know, it's just you don't need to pay a luxury for a guy that you can really only count on in certain situations. Is really in pass rushing situations because he struggled against the run. It's just not his game. So. I don't expect to see Uche stick around in New England because I expect some other team out there to overpay for for him or to pay more than the Patriots are willing to pay for him. Um, I don't want to say overpay because the guy's the guy's a superb talent when he's able to just kind of pin his ears back and get after the quarterback, but it just doesn't work in New England on every down. And it'll be it'll be interesting to say the least. But I expect Uche to be gone next season. Yeah, to your point, it's just so interesting to to kind of talk through this, not knowing what's going to happen with Belichick in the front office. You just don't know. (laughs) And I don't think it's going to be a decision that's made on black Monday. 
you know, I think this is going to be something that gets drawn out a little bit and it's going to take some time. And, and as that time grows, what are you doing with your free agents? And there's some big names on this list. Hunter Henry, Mike Unwenu, uh, you know, just, there's big names. And Kyle Duggar is another one that, you know, could go either way. Uh, so it's, it's just an interesting conversation. Uh, I enjoyed it, Jordy. There's a few other honorable mentions we could throw out there. Kendrick Bourne coming off the ACL he might want to have a prove-it year. Could be a nice situation to bring back a player who was flashing this year. Felt like he was going to break out. You could get Kendrick Bourne back on the cheap. I think Cam Garrity has him coming back. I like it. Anthony Jennings is kind of an under-the-radar player on the rise. He's not under the radar here. I think Patriots fans are seeing what he's doing. Um, and I think the Patriots coaching staff values him. But I, I don't know how much juice he has out there. What kind of market would Anthony Jennings have? He's a guy It feels like homegrown talent you could bring back on a patriot kind of contract so any other thoughts on like the quote-unquote rest you know there's there's other guys on this list i'm just pulling it up really quick like you know uh, a mac wilson uh we briefly mentioned Jalen mills right any thoughts on the rest jordy or do you think we've kind of hit on the big guys I think we definitely hit on the big guys. I do like Anthony Jennings. I would like to see him back in New England because he's a guy that can obviously fill that outside linebacker role really well. And he and he's a little bit more well-rounded than Josh Uche is out there. So it'll be interesting seeing if he's a guy that, that, that gets to come back to New England. Like you said, I don't expect him. He's not going to blow the market away or anything. So you should be able to get him on a good discounted price. And he's kind of an ascending player, Ryan, when he's healthy. We haven't really seen him be able to put it together because he's been kind of He's been banged up throughout his entire career. Is in, in many ways, it kind of reminds me of the Christian Barmore situation, the guy that's just blossoming like crazy all of a sudden now that he's healthy. So I would like to see Anthony Jennings come back, you know, and, and keep ascending, staying healthy. And he's he's a guy that could, that could really outplay the price tag that ends up being on him ultimately in 2024. Kendrick Bourne was also a, a, a good topic of conversation right now as well. You know, a guy that led the Patriots in receiving yards. He was the Patriots' leading receiver before he went down, and obviously Demario Douglas has stepped up into that role. And Demario Douglas, he sent out an, an Instagram post recently, or earlier this week, and he was basically saying that, I miss you. He told, told Kendrick Bourne, I miss you. And Kendrick Bourne responded saying, you know, I miss you too. Um, tell the Patriots to bring me back. So, you know, he's he's a he's a player that wants to come back to New England, and the Patriots should want him to come back. It's Kendrick Bourne's an explosive talent on the outside, obviously not a number one guy, but if you go and get a number one guy, he could be a great number three, possibly even number two guy. So we'll kind of see what they're able to do there as well. But those are the two main ones that I'm looking at that I think the Patriots should really make an effort to bring back next season. Mac Wilson is, is kind of ascending as well, so I expect him to maybe get an opportunity as, on the cheap too. You know, some of those cheaper contracts that Belichick typically loves, whether he's here or not, um, some of these guys are really good football players that are kind of hidden in a bad football team. So I expect a lot of them to be able to come back with the money the Patriots have to spend in the offseason. Yep, and, and Cam Garrity kind of mapped that out in his article. Um, again, a nice a nice read from Cam. Check it out. Uh, it was a, an article about you know the, just kind of predicting not only the Patriots' upcoming free agents, but where they would sign. Right? He actually says, "Okay, Kyle Duggar's leaving. Here's where he might go." So interesting stuff from Cam. Check it out. He has, I think, I counted nine Patriots coming back. The Patriots retaining nine of their guys which seems like a big number, but you never know. You, you never know what's going to happen. So 
Uh, appreciate Cam for that article. Wanted to uh, work on it a little bit. I had some fun with that uh, segment, Jordy. I hope the folks listening did as well. We got a game coming up, Patriots-Jets. Uh, so we'll update where the Patriots are in the draft order and talk about this game here coming up next. First, we have one more week of fantasy football advice from the huddle.com. Enjoy that, and we'll be right back. While most championships were won and lost last Sunday evening, plenty of formats live on. I'm Corey Bonini of the huddle.com here to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week 18. Quarterback Gardner Minshew, Indianapolis Colts versus Houston Texans. These two teams will be fighting for their playoff lives come Saturday night. Minshew has multiple passing touchdowns in only two of his last six games, but the matchup against Houston should allow him to throw the ball, and Indy has the weapons to get him into low-end quarterback number one territory. The Texans have allowed the third most fantasy points per game above expectation to quarterbacks this season, so Minshew is a fine streaming option if you're still going in Week 18 action. Running back Tony Pollard, Dallas Cowboys at Washington Commanders. Pollard hasn't scored in four straight contests and has posted more than 7.7 fantasy points in only one of those games. He had a fine outing in Week 12 versus the Commanders, generating 22.3 fantasy points, which was his best day of the year. In the last five weeks, Washington has yielded the most fantasy points, rushing yards, and overall yards to the position per game, and no defense has given up rushing touchdowns at a higher rate in that time. This looks like a quality get-right game for Pollard. Wide receiver George Pickens, Pittsburgh Steelers at Baltimore Ravens. While the running game stole the headlines in week 17. Pickens delivered a second straight big performance, turning in a season-high seven receptions into 131 yards. He had a nearly identical effort in Pittsburgh's week five win over Baltimore, catching six passes for 130 and a score. With the Ravens likely to prioritize health this Saturday, Pickens has ample upside with the big arm Mason Rudolph starting at quarterback. Tight end Cole Komet, Chicago Bears at Green Bay Packers. Komet wasn't even targeted last week, so it's understandable if recency bias has you feeling a certain way about his week 18 stock. Green Bay has given up the 10th fewest catches per game since week 12, but tight ends have scored at the third highest frequency versus this defense in that time frame. And that's the main reason to take a gamble here. In PPR scoring, Komet went for 9.4 points in the week one meeting, and that should be roughly his floor if he sees at least five targets. Thanks for sticking with us through another action-packed fantasy season. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, we're back. And Jordy, I have to, uh, man, I have to take the L, right? I was wrong. I, I, I ranted last week that the Patriots had no chance of getting back inside the top three picks, and lo and behold, the Arizona Cardinals go out and upset the Eagles. So I was dead wrong. The Patriots, uh, just give us a little quick rundown of where we're at entering Week 18 against the Jets. The Patriots are back in the top three, and that's uh, that's a good spot to be if you're a fan who's interested in the 2024 draft and where the team could be next year. Yeah, that's a great spot to be, especially if you're wanting the Patriots to get a quarterback, which they need, obviously, after that Bills game when Bailey Zappi goes and throws three picks in the first half. Obviously, all of the picks weren't on him. Some of those were just great plays, but at the end of the day, Ryan, three picks are three picks. The Patriots need a quarterback, and right now they're sitting at number three on the draft board with the Chicago Bears and the Washington Commanders ahead of them. You know, we, me and you have talked about it. Ad nauseum, will the Chicago Bears, will they move on from Justin Fields or not? And if they don't, assuming you lose to the New York Jets, which might not be likely considering they pretty much throttled the Jets for the last 15 consecutive games, but we're going to assume the Patriots stay on the stay on the losing tour. The Patriots would have an opportunity to potentially draft Caleb Williams or Drake May or Jaden Daniels. You can pretty much pick who you want. Assume obviously the, the Washington Commanders might they'll probably get a quarterback as well. So whoever they don't pick, you'll have the other two options out there. So the Patriots are in a great spot, man. You just 
We're kind of hoping that they can stay in this great spot. But to do that, Ryan, they need the Jets to beat them, which hasn't happened in the last 15 straight games. That's hilarious, right? As a Patriots fan, you want to keep laughing at that team, right? You don't want them to beat you. You don't want to ruin that streak. Uh, It's great. It's great. I think the Patriots, (laughs) even against the spread, they're 8-2 and against the Jets. So they usually just pound on them. It's great. It's great, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's best for the team to lose the game. But as a fan, I'm very conflicted because there's no team I want to see lose more than the Jets, especially when the Patriots play them. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm this one's hard for me, but we'll be keeping an eye on the draft positioning, and there's just so many angles there. We'll be diving into that throughout the offseason. But what's your uh, what's your gut tell you about this game, Jordy? The the Jets have been just so terrible on offense that I just don't know how they're going to score in this game. Uh, do you, do you have the over-under in front of you? i got to pull up BetMGM real quick. Well, while you're searching for it, I'll give my thoughts on this game. Ryan, I expect Chad Ryland to come out and kick a 60-yard field goal and win this <laughs> game for the Patriots. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. Because, I mean, why not, Ryan? I mean, look, it's the Jets. It, it, these, these are the Jets, and the Jets have completely stunk every time they face the Patriots, and I'm with you. I don't want to see the Patriots lose to the freaking Jets. Like, that's the last team I would want the Patriots to lose to, obviously, AFC East rival. We hate the Jets. But at the end of the day, I want to see the Patriots go out and get that quarterback. I want to see them be able to to draft a Drake May, to draft a Caleb Williams, to draft a Jane Daniels possibly. Hell, even Michael Penix is starting to kind of climb into the category of, of a first-round draft pick, and people are high on him after seeing him torch that Texas defense in the play in the college football playoffs on Monday. But it's just one of these things, Ron, I just I don't think the Patriots can continue as is with Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones. And I get I get the Bailey Zappi love. I really do. You know, he's a he's he's a tough player. Even when he threw those three picks against the Buffalo Bills, I had tweeted this out. I was very impressed to see Bailey Zappi. He never gets rattled. He continued to step up into the pocket and make plays for the Patriots, and he helped keep keep them in that football game. You know, you can't just look at his stat line. Bailey Zappi kind of turned it around later there in the second half, which was impressive on his part, but they can't keep going like this. They need a quarterback. You know, it's just, I mean, are we going to, are we just going to settle for being that middle of the road seven or eight win team every single football season? If Bailey Zappi started off the year as a starter at quarterback, I can see the Patriots winning maybe seven games, but but that's not what we want. We want championships. We want a team that's a perennial playoff contender that can compete for Super Bowls. And to do that, you have to get the quarterback, which is what the Baltimore Ravens finally finally realized they, they should have done with Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Those idiots almost let him get away, and you right. go and you get the quarterback, and now look at them. They look like a freaking juggernaut in the NFL, but – the Patriots need to get the quarterback, and to do that, they need to lose to the New York Jets. So we'll see what happens. Wasn't Meek Mill texting Kraft about the pa- Lamar wanting to come to the Patriots? I don't know. Maybe we could bring up that old story. I know that was resurfacing yeah. on Patriots Wire this week. Just crazy. Yeah, I mean, he yeah he he texted Robert Kraft. According to Kraft, Kraft, you know, volunteered this volunteered this info to the media unprovoked. This was Robert Kraft throwing it out there, saying Meek Mill had texted him, saying Lamar Jackson was interested in coming to New England um, earlier in the offseason when the when, when the Baltimore Ravens were messing around with his contract, which is just weird all in itself. But, you know, a, a guy like Lamar Jackson, it would have been incredible to see the Patriots be able to get a player like that. And in my opinion, Ryan, it would have automatically vaulted them into contender 
into the contender column. I mean, you see how much better the team looks with Bailey Zappi under center than it did with Mac Jones. Imagine what in the hell that team would have looked like with freaking Lamar Jackson, an ex-NFL MVP under center. Yeah, you could have you could have signed Lamar, drafted Zay Flowers, because you picked before the Ravens. You had a, a chance at Zay Flowers before they did. And, you know, you got your own little sneaky good offense coming out coming right at you with the run games, the running backs. Uh yeah, it would have been Ah, it's nice to dream sometimes, Jordy, right? It's nice to dream and live in fantasy land. That would have been pretty sweet. But of course, as Belichick said, too many pieces to move around to to, to sign <laughs> Lamar Jackson if you have a chance at him. But who knows how realistic that was. But it's fun to, to relive some of that stuff. Uh, so I found the spread. The line here, the line is laughably low, uh, the total. Jordy, 30 and a half. I don't know if books go oh, that gosh. low. I don't know if books go that low. Like that's a first half total almost. You know what I mean? In most <laughs> games, like 30 and a half for the game. Jets Patriots. So who scores? Is it like first to 10 wins? You know, like, I don't know. It's hard to see uh, the Jets scoring any points. They're just so terrible on offense. But the Patriots, um, yeah, I'm nervous they're going to win the game. <laughs> when I see that total, it's just like that. That the books are screaming at us that the Jets aren't going to score, but we know the Patriots know how to score in the Jets, right? Their defense just never seems as dominant against New England. They just know how to beat that team. So I would worry as a Patriot fan that the Pats are going to, uh, you know, moonwalk to a win here, maybe on a Chad Ryland sixty-yard field goal, as you said. Maybe he'll just shove the dagger even farther in. He did it. Uh, he did it to us in Denver, right? Not only shoving a stake through Denver fans' hearts because he ruined their season, but also saying, "Now nah, we don't want a top two pick. Here you go, Patriots. I'm going to finally make a field goal, you know, 56 <laughs> yards in your face, and then comes out against the Bills and misses everything, basically." So, I swear, I, Ron, after that, after that play, like after after the the misses against the Bills, you know, he goes out and he misses the 47 yarder and then 53 yarder, which was negated due to a penalty. But after that, I just, Ron, I I just I. I've just come to the conclusion that the Patriots, they sold their souls to the devil for this for this unbelievable championship run that they were on, this, this great dynasty, and now the devil's here to collect in the form of Chad Riley. <laughs> so true. So in terms of like a prediction here, as we wrap this thing up, Jordy, I think the Pats are going to win. You, you look at some of the, the trends here. First of all, the Jets, I think they just want this season to be over. Uh, I don't think we're going to get a great effort. We haven't talked about Belichick's final game, but I think there's going to be, uh, I don't know, I don't think there'll be anything on the Jumbotron or anything like that, you know, but I think there'll be a buzz in the building. I think this will be a pretty good ticket. Uh, I think folks are going to want to be there to see what possibly is Belichick's final game in New England. We don't know, but it's possible. And then, so you have a little bit of juice from that. We know the Patriots are playing hard. They gave the Bills all kinds of problems last week. It wasn't pretty, but they, you know, another close loss would have, could have, should have won maybe. That kind of game. We've seen plenty of those this year. But the Jets, not only have they not beat the Patriots in 12 straight, they have not won in Foxborough, Jordy. Do you, do you remember their last win in Foxborough? Off the top of your head, do you remember? I, I Honestly, I don't. <laughs> the 2011 AFC Division playoff game. I think that was Rex Ryan, Mark Sanchez. When the oh Patriots had blown them out late in the regular season, then the Jets came into Foxborough. I believe it was the 2011 Division playoff game where they beat the Patriots, Tom Brady. That's the last time they won in Foxborough. A regular season game, you have to go back to 2008, the Matt Castle season. That's the last <laughs> time the Jets beat the Patriots in Foxborough. That is an amazing stat. So 
the Patriots never lose to the Jets, but especially at home. They're two-point favorites in this game. The total is just, a, again, 30 and a half. That is the most laughable total I've ever seen. It's like, that reminds me of the total when the Broncos started a wide receiver at quarterback during the COVID year. You know what I mean? Like, it's that, they, they just don't go that low there. It, you don't see books going into the 20s for a game, and they basically are. Uh, so I think the Patriots, they could, they could play like crap, Jordy, and still win this ball game. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to, my prediction, Patriots, they're two point favorites. I'm going to say they win on a, on a 60 yard Chad Ryland field goal. I like that just to, just to needle us a little bit more. And then we'll, we'll have to deal with the consequences afterwards. That's my prediction. What's yours? Yeah. And I mean, you talk about how historically bad the Jets have been against the Patriots. I mean, are we really thinking Trevor Simeon? A Trevor Simeon-led offense is going to come into New England and, no. and knock this knock this team off. Nope. I'm sorry, Ryan. It's not going to happen. Now, you know, if, if Aaron Rodgers was on the field, then, then maybe. But obviously, Trevor Simeon not not going to happen. Um, this Patriots team has owned this Jets team. I expect the Patriots to win this game. I expect it to be ugly. You know, is and here's the thing too, Ryan. This is a game that's not being talked about a lot. And you, you kind of brought it up yourself, and I know I'm kind of kind of jumping around a little bit here, but. This is a huge game for New England because this could be the last time Bill Belichick is on that sideline as the Patriots head coach. And it's just there's so much history wrapped into this game. But on the outside, it feels sort of meaningless. But there's but it's not meaningless. You know, this is a historical game that we could all be be prepared to witness um, against two really bad football teams at this point. But still, you know, it'll be it'll be a real fun one to watch and. You know, obviously, regardless of what happens, we're definitely appreciative of all the years Bill Belichick has given this team, and we'll kind of see what happens in, after this game and see what direction the Patriots go in in the future. Yeah, it gives you the feels, right? Like 2019, when the Patriots lost that playoff game to the Titans, you remember Tom Brady, like, didn't hang around yeah. very long post-game. I think he might have shook the other quarterback's hand. Was it Tannehill or whatever? He, he shook the other quarterback's hand and then just jogged off with his helmet on and right down the tunnel. There wasn't any waving. There wasn't any anything like that. You know, he was just gone. And that was the last time as a Patriot. And um, what happens with Belichick after he shakes Robert Sala's hands, right? I, I Probably the same type of thing. He probably just runs right down the tunnel and then we, what happens next? We don't know. And that's what we'll be unpacking over the next uh, couple weeks, man. But just so the listeners know, I mean, obviously this is the last week of the regular season, but we'll be back next week to start looking ahead to the offseason, right, Jordy? That's the plan. So hopefully folks want to stick with us as we uh, get into the offseason, this is where I think the Wire sites, Patriots Wire, uh, sports media group for USA Today in general, you guys do some of your best work in the offseason, getting ready for free agency, the draft, all that stuff. You guys really crush it. So it's time for the second season, man. You ready? I'm ready, man. You know, it, it, it never ends. It keeps going. And for the Patriots in particular, this is going to be one of the most exciting offseasons that I can remember, Ron. I mean, obviously you have the Belichick story. You know, does he stay? Does he go? Does a new regime comes in? Come in? If they do come in, who will that be? Will there be all new coaches? Will they get rid of everyone? You know, the Patriots they have they have the most cap they have some of the most cap space in the NFL, so they have a ton of money to spend. Are they going going to go out and get a T Higgins? You know, some of these big playmakers offensively can they address the offensive line? The draft's coming up. The freaking Patriots should have a top five pick. I mean, that's crazy to me because it never happens for the Patriots. So, so many storylines for this New England team. They're going to be one of the more fascinating teams to keep an eye on in the, in the offseason. And me and my team, 
I have some great got some great writers on the site here. You know, we're going to be all over it, and we hope you guys are with us through every step of the way. It's going to be a fun ride, man. That's right. That's Jordy McElroy right there. Check him out on Patriots Wire. Uh, to everybody who hung with us throughout the season, we appreciate you for jumping on board with the podcast. For folks that are listening maybe for the first or second time, welcome into the show. Stick with us. Rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, all that good stuff. That's how you can support us once again. We do appreciate it. Uh, for Jordy, I'm Ryan O'Leary. We'll catch you after next week and start looking ahead to the offseason. Can't wait. Catch you then. Yeah.